I would argue that we're becoming voices of the Sox <laughs> ourselves. I wouldn't probably have to argue many people against that because I don't think it's going to come up much. Yeah, no, no, I don't think, I think anyone knows who we are, so it's fair. Get out of here. Way back, hooks up. There's the cycle. You can put it on the board. Yes! A single, double, triple, and home run in one game. He has hit for the cycle. All right, here we go. We are at episode six. This is a makeup episode. You know, there are rainouts in baseball. Uh, we did not put an episode out last week. We'll chalk it up as a rainout. So now we have a makeup podcast here. And uh, we have a tremendous guest, Sierra Santos from Comcast Sportsnet Chicago. You guys are going to love her. She came out here in October, and we just had a great conversation with her. Um, she is going to be a great addition to the Comcast team, and they're doing some great things at Comcast. A lot of uh, special features, special shows. She did a documentary on her trip to Cuba with Jose Abreu. We talk about that, um, and she's just phenomenal. She's on a meteoric rise in broadcasting. In a short amount of time, she's worked at several different markets, big markets. She was out in L.A., and now we are uh, fortunate to have her here in Chicago. So... Hope you enjoy this one. Again, it's kind of a bonus episode because we were all traveling and just a lot of chaos going on. We didn't get uh, one out last week, so now we're making up for it. And once the season starts, we're going to be churning these out, I think, a lot easier and getting some of these uh, players on the podcast, uh, guys that we've been talking about. We're excited about talking to Navarro. We've heard a lot of people talk about Todd Frazier and what a character he is, so we're hopeful to get them on the cycle. Listen, the uh, opening day is right around the corner. Opening weekend, right around the corner. Don't just set your sights on opening day. That's going to sell out. How about a Friday opener is followed by two weekend games, Saturday and Sunday. Those tickets are available as well at WhiteSox.com. And the White Sox also just announced a great deal. It's called the Ballpark Pass. And what it is is you buy the pass for $59. You get 16 games that you can go to home games, obviously, in April and May. That's only for games in the U.S. Southern Field. In case you're thinking, oh, I'll buy that's a great deal. I'll go to games all over the, all over the country. No, no, you got to come to U.S. Southern Field. 59 bucks, 16 games. You can't beat that. April and May, we've had a mild winter, so plan on having a great spring. It's going to be a fun baseball here, and the Sox are having a tremendous spring training. Um, it's going to be... Good times at the ballpark. I got a good feeling about this team. So go to WhiteSox.com slash Ballpark Pass to learn more about the Ballpark Pass. And uh, also you can get individual game tickets there. And I'm going to ask you this one more time because we are really um, – it helps us to get reviews on iTunes, helps the podcast, helps our standing there. So please review the podcast. Don't care what you say, good, bad, or indifferent. We just want your reviews. And if you give a review – we're going to put you in the running for an autograph hat, a uh, White Sox hat, home hat, right? It's a black, traditional. I'm asking uh, my producer, Brad, right now. And uh, Chris Sale, autographed. That's a great prize. So all you got to do is give a review, and you're in the running for that. Okay? Now, enjoy this conversation with Sierra Santos, and uh, we will be back very soon with another episode of The Cycle. <laughs> All right, groundbreaking moment here on the cycle. Very exciting. Our first non-male guest. This is exciting. It's It's huge. It's a woman. We have a woman. (laughs) I feel like it's been too long. (laughs) This is unbelievable. And I wore a dress, so it's and she is wearing a dress. Not the first time someone's worn a dress. Yeah, it's not the first time, (laughs) but it is the first one. Not totally groundbreaking. Let's tell everyone who it is. Sierra Santos from Comcast Sportsnet is joining us. Sierra, thank you for being here. I'm so glad to be here. I've heard so many great things about you. And I'm just warning you, I laugh a lot. Oh, so. good. Very good. Nice. I'll probably laugh at all your jokes. Well, we're not going to be joking around. This is a hard-hitting, tear-you-down, build-you-up interview. We're going to we're gonna make you cry probably at some point. Do you watch 60 Minutes when they like they yeah. really go in-depth? In That's what we um, are. We're journalists. We're just like 60 Minutes. <laughs> I shouldn't have worn <laughs> mascara then. Me either. Right. Let's go. Sierra, um, thank you for being here. We want to... You know, so many of the White Sox fans know you. I saw you at Sox Fest. We didn't get a chance to talk, 
But um, you're here now in Chicago. You had a whirlwind of a career, and you haven't even been doing it that long. No, and I'm super fortunate to end up at CSN Chicago. My end goal was to be at a regional sports network covering one specific team. And so it just works out so well that I'm covering the White Sox. And I feel like they've already welcomed me in so much, as even the fans have been so welcoming. So that's been awesome. And uh, I'm so excited for the season to start. Yeah, I mean, so when did you get to Chicago? I moved here in October. And so everyone's like, oh, man, this winter has been nothing. (laughs) I moved here from L.A. So, of course, there was only a couple days where I was like, this is unbelievably, unbearably cold. I cannot believe sure. the weather is this bad. Yeah, we haven't had too bad of a winter. No. It, it gets worse, but it's a good one for your first one. Yeah, it's it a was. Start a winter. It was, yeah. a, it was a trial winter. So a lot of people come here from smaller markets. That's kind of like a, an even move or maybe even, you know, L.A. is a big market. And you were doing some, uh, some big things out there. We're lucky to have gotten you. What were you doing in L.A.? I was at the CBS affiliate, so the CBS has two stations, KCBS, KCAL, and so I was an anchor reporter there, so I was covering UCLA, USC, you know, Dodgers, Angels, All Kings. the Southern Cal stuff. Yep, everything yeah. Southern California. No kidding. So was it, um, was it like, were you tempted to stay there, or was it a no-brainer to come to no, Chicago? No, no-brainer. No-brainer? So excited to be, no. I, it wasn't they showed you the money, thought. huh? CBS was, in, <laughs> CBS was a little cheap. <laughs> no, it's just, I. that's what I, I mean. I really wanted to be a reporter for a team, to be able to build connections within a clubhouse, to be able to feel like I'm a representative and extension of the fans and give the fans what they want to know. When you're when you're a local news person, you're having to cover so many different teams. Sure. It's very hard to build a rapport. Which within. was your favorite team to cover in L.A.? Ooh. Probably Dodgers. Dodgers? Dodgers was awesome just because their fans are super passionate. And yeah. I, you kind of feel that same the, – the way Chicago fans are with every team in Chicago yeah. is how – Los Angelinos are about the Dodgers. Yeah. But are they, like, to that extent, like, I've always heard the rumors of them leaving after the seventh inning, things like that. I mean, they don't get there till the third. Right. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But more so than any other team. They care more about them than anyone else. I would say so, yes. I mean, mean, Lakers, but I don't feel like Lakers, it's such a scene. Yeah. You know, it's it's not really. Well, LA is a lot of transplants, right? Exactly. And even like uh, the Lakers are probably a real costly ticket. So you're going to get like that upper crust of people. It's like hard to impress and they're. Exactly. I think it was the Lakers home opener I was covering and I was trying to find my seat on the media chart. Like, okay, where am I sitting? And like somebody br- brushes by me and I look behind and it's like, it's Kanye West. And I'm like, oh, hi, oh, hey, really? Kanye. You could just say Kanye. And yeah. then, <laughs> oh, it's Kanye West. Oh, I thought it was the other Kanye. <laughs> and then behind him Kanye was, Kardashian? was Kim Kardashian West. No kidding. Yes. So oh, I finally oh, got to man. see her in person and I've never seen so much Kardashian behind in my life as much as you see it at the Lakers games. Oh, no kidding. And that was this past home opener? Uh, no, this was last okay. season. So you see you see the Kardashians all the time. You see like all these celebrities all the time. So it's more of like a spectacle. So are people even watching the Lakers? Or are they watching Kanye and Kim <sighs> walk around? No, I think they're kind of watching the game. But I mean, just given where I was sitting, you sit very close to the court at a Lakers game. You're pretty much on the court at a Lakers game when, yeah. as far as media seating goes. So you see all these celebrities. and Pretty much on the court and yeah, Kobe exactly. still won't pass it to you. <laughs> 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 are, are you starstruck when you see Kanye or Kim? No. Neither? I don't think so. Do you ever get starstruck? Um, I think there's a couple people I would be starstruck by. Probably J-Lo. J-Lo? And actually, my husband just worked with J-Lo last really? week. And so I was like... All right, we're oh. not, we know you're married. You yeah. don't have to bring it up right away. <laughs> <laughs> like we're, we're hitting on you or something. Mm. Oh, my husband. <laughs> but I was tapping I, the ring. I was jealous. You I was are? super jealous that he got to work with J-Lo. Because he, he's liked her a long time? No, because I've you liked sure her a long time. You care about his feelings? <laughs> oh. So you mentioned your husband. Your husband has a very interesting job. Yeah, he's a stuntman. So basically, uh, he travels around a bunch. He works in television, film. He's been in American Sniper, The Purge, Empire, CSI, NCIS. You know, you name it. He's probably killed in it. He's died in it. (laughs) How was his proposal? Was it like over the top? Were there stunts involved? They fall off a motorcycle and then 
It was on a helicopter, so I really? guess. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. Did he jump out of the helicopter first? <laughs> then he turned around and he was still there? What? No, we, we went on a helicopter tour all of all of Los Angeles, and then it landed in the Malibu Hills, and there was like this picnic table on a remote mountaintop. I don't know how they got the picnic table there. Yeah. And he did the proposal, and the pilot recorded it all. Really? No explosions, though. Huh. No. <laughs> Where I, did you meet him? Um, we met through mutual friends, so it was it was kind of a, I wasn't really interested in him at first because I was like, eh, this guy's like he's living in a lifestyle I can't keep up with. Like I'm a <laughs> professional, this guy is just out on a limb. So um, I wasn't really interested in him at first, and then he kind of just grew on me. He did. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. As stuntmen do. <laughs> now, and moles. <laughs> and moles right. Now before L.A., Oklahoma City, correct? Yeah. Is that where are you from originally? Arizona. Okay, so what brought you to OKC? Oklahoma City was, I was doing news mm-hmm. in Colorado Springs. I hated doing news. I was so depressed doing news. Oh, you're doing hard news. Hard news, yeah. and with a little bit of sports. So I managed to get enough stuff together to start sending it out mm-hmm. and start applying to sports jobs. And so that's how I ended up in Oklahoma City. How long were you there in Colorado Springs? Uh, over a year. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Really? Like, it, there were too many... This, there were too many nights where I was like, I need to go have a drink, right. uh, you know? So I realized that this wasn't for me. And I told my dad, I was like, dad, I just want to quit TV. I don't want to do this anymore. He's like, listen, you know, you never wanted to do news. You always wanted to do sports. If you don't like your next job in sports, quit. Sure. So go. then I went to Oklahoma City and Oklahoma City was a great experience. I mean, Sooners fans are something sure. else. And same same thing with the Thunder. I can imagine it's the, the opposite feeling of L.A. because there's so few teams. Exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, the Thunder, they're the big boys in town. Right. They kind of make the rules. And right. they were good. And they are good now. Yeah. So yeah. they were good when you were there. Exactly. I mean, you were there during the Western Conference Finals run, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just always the fans are really passionate. Um, they remind me a lot of Chicago fans. It's just on a smaller scale. Sure. It's not as... Chicago Over fans will be excited to hear that that you are comparing them to Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma City. It's what we've no. always wanted to hear. <laughs> no, it's true That's though. A, I mean, we'll take it as a compliment. That's a big deal. Yeah, no, they're Chicago, passionate. They're Chicago passionate. fans. What do those guys do in Oklahoma City? Like the drink Durant and no, I'm talking about like the players. Is there like so oh, scene? you're not talking about me? <laughs> is, there, is, there, okay. is there a scene for them? Um, no, I know you. You drink. You're. Um, <laughs> I what do they do? That's a good question. I don't think they spend a lot of time there in the off season. No, uh, I know Durant lives in L.A. Oh, he does. Okay. Yeah. So I don't think they spend a lot of time there in the off season. Uh, they're there during the season. I think they might go out a little bit, but it's not like you're not going to find those like hot popping clubs like yeah. you do in like West Hollywood and stuff. So, so how many years were you there? I was there through uh, like a year and a half. You are climbing the ladder quickly. Unbelievable. Very quickly. So then, I, uh, well, I left because, you know, that whole helicopter engagement thing. Sure. So I, that's when I had oh, to that's move. When, okay. So you had met in L.A. Yeah. That's when I had to move to L.A. Got it. Okay. And then you brought him here. He's kind of here, part-time. Kind of here? Kind of Well, here. all the work is out there. Exactly. Or just pretty anywhere. much anywhere. Anywhere but. Oh, wherever they're filming. Yeah. What's I, his latest project? Um, Well, he's doubling someone on Chicago PD this next week. Um, I believe he worked on uh, Castle oh, last yeah, yeah. week. Does so, he come home and he's like, I'm just beat up today. I had to fall down five flights of stairs and <laughs> jump off a building. I want his like entrance to the house. I want him to just like a helicopter <laughs> to fly overhead and he parachutes into the backyard and just, honey, I'm home. Is that I, how it goes? <laughs> Lie to me. Yeah, totally. Okay, That's exactly that. what happens every you. single time. Actually, he breaks through the window. That makes sense. And that's what usually happens. <laughs> but um, he, some days, yeah, he comes home pretty sore because, I mean, he'll hit the ground like, you know, nine, ten times. I mean, but you have to think every single time that they do something super dangerous like that, they get a bump in their pay. So oh, okay. every single time. they, So he's like, yeah, I'll hit the ground again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How did he get into it? His brother is actually the stunt double for Colin Farrell, uh, Taylor Lautner. Um, so his stunt, his brother is a very successful stuntman. So he does all kinds of stuff uh, in the stunt community as well. I didn't realize that was a family business. It is a family business. It totally is. That is that's that's so fascinating. But and you're doing a fascinating thing too. So you come to, um, or you're out in LA, you get engaged, and then you get an opportunity to come to Chicago. Was it difficult to you had to think about it for a little bit? No. Not at all, even though you're no. doing the long distance thing a little bit. No, never in my mind. Never did it cross my mind to turn this job down. 
That is so crazy. Great. So you've already been to Cuba. I mean, you've been, <laughs> you've been, which you went before the Obamas. Yeah. That's right. how cool you are. You sent me <laughs> friends. They're like, hey, Sierra went. And the Obama's like, it's a good idea. Let's do that yeah. too. Yeah, let's do yeah, that. Yeah, Barack called me, asked me, you know, where should I stay? You know. <laughs> Did he? You left some good Yelp reviews, things yeah. like that, so we knew where the hot spots let were. Let him know. Let him know. Good. So you went with Jose Abreu. Yes. Talk about that. Uh, Cuba was unlike anything that we ever imagined. One thing that shocked me the most was there were so many American tourists there. Really? Really? I was just blown away. I thought we were going to get there and it was going to be, nope. We went out to dinner one night and we sat next to a couple that lives three blocks away from me in River North. Wow. Oh, that kind of bums you out when that I happens, know, doesn't I it? I know. Yeah, I was yeah, kind of yeah. like, really? I, I was thought, just uh, in a gig in Hawaii and I met somebody from my neighborhood and I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it was a little. It was kind of like a, a, maybe a little disenchanting. Yeah. I wouldn't say disappointing. Sure, but I mean, this was also the same week as the International Jazz Festival. All right. So okay. a lot of tourists were there, obviously, for the Jazz Festival. Well, I had um, heard like a lot of Canadians go there, and historically, had gone there because Americans weren't allowed to go there. <laughs> so it was like we're going there, and we'll be. It was we'll be the surprising, top dogs and they were. Yeah, it, it was surprising how many Americans there were in Cuba, especially in Havana. Did um, you get any sense of like this is like feels a little strange being here? Or? People were so welcoming. That's another thing that was shocking is we thought maybe we'd be met with some resentment or a little bit of hostility. Never. Not yeah. at all. Uh, Cubans were so eager to uh, accommodate us, to be hospitable, to help us out whenever we needed. Um, so the one thing, the only trouble I think we ran into is when we were at the airport, we had all of our camera gear yeah. and we had all these wireless microphones and it was like red flag. It took us forever for us to get our equipment, for it to come out on the luggage carousel. When it finally did, it was like an hour later and they brought us into like uh, a separate area of the airport and they were like, we don't know about your wireless microphones. Oh, they thought we were gonna use the wireless microphones to like set it up and spy. Oh, sure. <laughs> and so, because those are the ones you'd use, right? Yeah. Use the yeah. big full-size wireless mics just all over the place. So they, they, we, they wanted us to fill out this form and um, promise that we would take it back with us to the United States. And they wanted all the serial numbers and stuff like this. And my crew doesn't speak any Spanish, so they're looking at me like, help, you know? And so I'm trying they're to like explain to them. They're like guys from here. They're I'm, like just dudes from chicago yeah <laughs> they're like they're looking at me like come on just like tell them like and so i'm explaining to them and i'm like hey this is for equipment we're here with major league baseball it's no big deal don't worry about it yeah. and so my finally, brother works for the city <laughs> so finally they were like okay they let us through with our equipment but that was the only i think hiccup that we ran into and that's right when you got there right exactly so it got better from there yeah. so it's just gotta be terrifying in that moment though your first time there it, it was a little it was a little daunting but I think the what kind of added levity to it is there were all these security guards or airport personnel, and they're all wearing Cuban fishnets. Like, the <laughs> women are all – it didn't matter their age. They could have been 18 or they could have been 80. These women were all decked all in out in their Cuban fishnets, like these sexy prints all over really? their legs. And we're like – It's Miami. Basically. We're like, <laughs> welcome to Cuba. All I didn't right. know they are called Cuban fishnets. The one, the Cuban fishnets are the ones with the line in the back of the leg. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, with the seam. seam. I think I'm familiar. Awesome. <laughs> They're the one with the seam in the back of the leg. But what's so crazy is like, it didn't matter the size. It didn't matter the age. Every yeah. and they had on their like nice little uniforms, and then these like outrageously sexy fishnets. And the photographer who I'm with looks at me. He's like. I like Cuba already. <laughs> as That's strict awesome. as our government is, <laughs> right, right, right. you think they crack down on that a little bit? Hey, you. Yeah. Ah, it's not not, for not appropriate game. on you. <laughs> Eighty years old. Oh, so did you fly directly there? Or? We went from uh, Miami. We flew into Miami, okay. then Miami to um, Miami to Cuba. Okay. And another thing that struck me as really interesting is everyone who was at the airport. They wrapped all. They ha had huge bags, and they wrapped all their belongings in all this. Uh, saran wrap really like oh, yeah. it was double wrapped in saran wrap and I would ask the I asked somebody I was like why is everyone's and they're like they're paranoid to keep it fresh oh. they're paranoid that the government may go through their bags really? when they get to wow. Cuba 
And so they had it all saran wrapped, and that was Just it was bizarre. Sense. And this is the kind of stuff that I didn't really get to tell anybody about. Sure, yeah. But be- you were holding it for the for the cycle. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm saving this. <laughs> scoops. She has exactly. little got scoops. That's mm-hmm. what we do here. Breaking stories. It was just stuff that you didn't get to really explain, like, and you can't really, you can't really project that into uh, a, an emotional documentary about Jose Abreu, obviously. Right. Um, yeah. So was he? How how was it traveling? Was he on your flight? No. Okay. He was not. So how was it seeing him there? Did you get a sense that he was? It was. In, it was. I've said this before. It was like traveling around with Justin Bieber. Really? The way people received him was just insane. The um, people were crying like grown men just shedding tears. And it, that's what struck me the most. I mean, yeah, were the other players, were they excited right. to see the other players? Yeah, sure. But who were some of the other players that went? Um, Miggy, um, Alexei, Alexei. Uh, Yasiel Puig, um, John Jay. And did you know Puig from the Dodgers? No, but uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. He didn't remember me. Okay. The, the, the cool thing was the first night we got there, we went to the U.S. ambassador's house. And it was they invited all the journalists, all the players that were there. And it's, it specifically said no journalism. So you, we were just going there to have to a hang. cocktail yeah, party. Yeah. And they were passing around like Do you know who, they, who is the ambassador stuff. there? That's got to be a sweet gig. I don't know that. I think it's the unrecognized ambassador, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because. What do you have, like a paper bag over his head? <laughs> <laughs> Just the guy who gets stuff done. Yeah, yeah. Walks around his face is wrapped in saran wrap. <laughs> Twice. Because technically, they <laughs> don't have a, a bona fide relationship, yeah, right? Open relationship, yeah, sure. So, um, but we're there, and there's like the Dutch ambassador and all these other players and stuff like that. And so we're sitting there having like mojitos with Joe, Joe Torrey. I'm oh like, oh my gosh, Joe Torrey's there? That's awesome. Yeah, Joe Torrey was there. Is he the ambassador to Dave Cuba? Winfield's <laughs> there. Like, we're sitting there just. Dave Winfield? Yeah. Wow. So oh. all, I mean, other people from MLB also. That's great. Yeah. So we're sitting there just having like cocktails with these guys. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. I've you know? arrived. Yeah, that's, yeah. That was awesome. So, th- and we weren't allowed to take pictures or anything like that. We were just specifically there, non probably nice. You're more in the moment. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. You're really enjoying it. Exactly. So, you know, all the players got to have cocktails as well. So the next day, I'm sure <laughs> they didn't feel that great when they got up to do their their camp. But one thing that I noticed, too, is like Abreu is not a big drinker. He no. doesn't – he's yeah. not one of those guys who indulges, which is so it speaks to the kind of guy he is and sure. his, his character. Well, that's what you see about so many people that are like wildly successful. Like, yeah, there are functioning guys that can get away with that, but so many of them are just very focused. They're Absolutely. not yeah. gonna derail themselves, you know, exactly or in their own way. It amazes me that you said Abreu was the biggest star out of all of them. Yeah, I mean, and, and then the names you listed. I mean, Miguel Cabrera, Yasiel Puig. I mean, are huge stars here. Um, why is that? Do you? I mean, anything? Any idea well, why? He was good there well, for sure. so long. I think there. I think that has something to do with it, and it just—he's just very loved by um, the people there because he is kind of a humanitarian. Okay. Oh yeah. So they have a, more of a connection with him, and he's got a really good connection with the community. So people there just are so respect him so much more than, let's say, you know, Puig left when he was young. That's true. Yeah. So he didn't Cabrera. necessarily have the kind of connection. And, you know, Miggy was also very popular, yeah. but Miggy's not from Cuba. Right. Oh, so okay, it so. was like one of their own, you know. Yeah, he's Venezuelan. Right, and right. I asked Miggy, I said, is this what it's like when you go home? And he's like, yep. That's incredible. He's like, it, it's crazy. You think he was a little jealous? No. Like, <laughs> I'm sure these guys, like, they don't love all the attention, but then when they see someone else getting a lion's share, they're I'm like, pretty cool, hey, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The, one, the one thing that was funny, like, it's all these guys, right? And then there's Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! Who's just like along for the ride? He's like, They're like, okay. who's this diplomat? <laughs> <laughs> who's this? The, the unrecognized uh, he's ambassador? A pretty wicked mm-hmm. Southpaw. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So that's the one. It was it was interesting to see the lineup, and then there's like, okay, even yeah, his, his name sounds. Week, I know, right? You know, I'm Clayton, <laughs> and, then, and then Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Are you um, when you're there? Well, they have a nickname for him, right? For a brave, they don't Pito. Pito, they all call him Pito. And we don't call him that here in the States because it doesn't translate uh, as well. No, um, no. It, means, it means whistle, but it also, if you're in South LA and you say Pito, it means a little something else. Okay, mm. got it. 
All right, because I was I saw I didn't know that, and I saw the on the the documentary, and I was like, I saw the yeah. couple of pieces of it, and they're all like Pito Pito. I was like, man, we we gotta start calling him that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, we shouldn't. You you could, and he would know what it means. And sure. I mean, other guys in the clubhouse, I've heard them call him Pito. But, well, you've heard um, that word in the clubhouse for sure. <laughs> well, sure yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> translate that well, um, let's say, in Southern California. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I need a stuntman to pull that off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, that trip, is that one of the more monumental moments in your young career? 100%. 100%. Absolutely. I mean, that's something we're never going to forget. I would love to go back as well. Um, but I'd also love to do some other traveling, like the White Sox had their academy in the Dominican Republic, and I would love to go check that out. And uh, Who just, makes that happen? I don't, CSN? Kevin Cross? A good, that's a good question. Uh, I would like to go scout it out first by myself and see what it's all about, mm. and then be like, hey, you guys, I really think we should go and you know try to find some stories out there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, ultimately, it would come down to if – CSN Chicago wanted to go cover it. We could go do something like that. And it kind of opens a lot of doors because when you have somebody who's able to speak Spanish, you can navigate in a country a lot easier than if you have somebody uh, who relies on an interpreter. Right. I've gotten to meet some of the people over at Comcast and, and it seems like such a great team, you know, everyone from the, so the cool. on air people, Chuck and but also like Ryan McGuffey and, uh, and Sarah and the original programming that you guys have been churning out. And, and now you just jump in a few mm -hmm. months ago and you already have done some things. Are you guys, is that a point of focus? Like pitching ideas and doing things? Hopefully, yes. And Ryan McGuffey is now like a superstar in Cuba. I don't know if you know this. Oh, no, I didn't know He's that. one of our producers. He does all the original uh, programming. Pito Jr.? No, he Red actually. Pito? So one of the Ginger? most, one of the most famous bands in all of Cuba, famous bands. The band's leader, whose father created it's, their name is Los Ban Ban. He saw he <laughs> the band? saw band 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 Ban Ban Ban. Oh, Van oh, Ban. Okay, sorry, sorry. Ban Ban. Yeah. So he. You said it five different ways. Just Ban 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 Ban. Oh, got it. Got it. Ban I thought I had it. You just changed it. <laughs> he for whatever reason, thought Ryan McGuffey was the coolest person he really? had ever met in wow. his life. He he was like, when I come to Chicago, I'm getting you tickets to the concert. Can we exchange email addresses? And this is like an internationally renowned band. This guy was like <laughs> yeah. a rock star. We ended up going to like a little um, nightclub after on our last night there. And we're with, the, with this guy from Los Ban Ban, and they'd shine the spotlight on him and be like, you know, doing one of those club shout outs. And there's Ryan McGuffey right <laughs> next to him. Like, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> great. That's awesome. So, I mean, they'd shine the spotlight on him and be like, I'm from Los Ban Ban. Blah, blah, blah. And um, he, Ryan McGuffey's there the entire time. He refused to take a photo that evening without Ryan McGuffey <laughs> in the picture. There is a picture of... Miguel Cabrera, Alexei Ramirez, and I. Who else is the last one in there? Uh, John Jay, the leader of Los Ban Ban, and Ryan McGuffey. Oh, oh, that's great. That's awesome. And Pool everyone side. has deleted that picture except, except for Ryan, Ryan McGuffey. <laughs> <laughs> International superstar Ryan McGuffey. <laughs> yeah, I don't hilarious. know. It's, it's out there floating in somebody's. Yeah. It's out it's there in floating. the cloud. It's yeah. out there floating. For sure. Uh, so you went to Cuba, but you've been all over the world. You studied in Amsterdam, which I find to yeah. be very interesting. How you could focus out there? You got you got a degree from the University of Amsterdam? No, no, no. I I only studied communications out there. So I was there for like, um, I was there for about nine months in total studying. Um, but it, what the was first that like? <laughs> fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, I, that's, I actually went out there because I had a Dutch boyfriend, and so I wanted to learn Dutch. So that's why I now know, like, a completely useless language that I'm never going to use again in my life. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, Man, you must have liked this dude. You want I, to learn a language for Seriously? Him? Yeah, I know, I well, did. He's gone. He's out of there. I yeah. don't want to tick off the stuntman. No, so, no, yeah, no, we, I went out there um, primarily to learn Dutch and improve my Dutch. And I studied at the University of Amsterdam. It was so much fun. I mean, w 
I was with a good group of people too. Yeah. So we we had a we had a great time. Um, From what you can remember. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, can't really great. talk I've about seen it. The pictures. <laughs> <laughs> McGuffey's in a few. <laughs> was the um, you went to Arizona State though? Is this where you? Yeah. Where you started? Uh, Arizona State is. So I went to Arizona State because it's kind of a long story. I actually dropped out of high school. Oh, wow. wow. So I never got my high school degree. So there's a takeaway from this episode. <laughs> Drop out of high school. Everything turns out fine. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. You're going to be great. I got my GED, and I didn't start going to college until I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And so at that point, I had to kind of start from the beginning. Um, I went to community college, worked my way up, got accepted at into Arizona State into the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication. Before I, that's a name. That's yeah. So the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. <laughs> wow. Yep. And then from there, I ended up getting my degree. I graduated summa cum laude. I was the most outstanding ad- undergraduate student. But it's really because I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And Makes I a had difference, an, right? I had an end goal in mind. Had I not had an end goal in mind, I probably would have just floundered and dropped out. You took a couple years off? Yeah. You, yeah. I took a couple years off to figure out what exactly what I wanted to do. I worked in retail. I mean, I didn't necessarily have a direction. It actually wasn't until... I begged my dad for season tickets to the Suns for a couple seasons. And this is during the... Uh, Nash, Stoudemire, uh, Marion. Oh, yeah, right. They were sound. <clears throat> so I asked my dad, please, can we get season tickets? Please, please, please. And he's like, no, they're too expensive. Because, I mean, at this point, yeah. every game was sold out. Right. And so finally broke down one season, and we got um, a half-season package. So we went to every other game. And at that point, I was like, oh, my God, I want to go to games for the rest of my life. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, incredible. there's only – there for for women, it's Did not like – Did you play sports? Like, you – like, not cool ones. <laughs> but you like just what? love sports. <laughs> I played lacrosse and badminton. There you go. That's not. What do you mean, badminton? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. badminton. All super the cool, cool kids play badminton. Street credit. Yeah. I lacrosse, mean, we had no, but badminton. We yeah. did have the highest GPA out of any of the uh, sports teams. Yeah, so. that's what makes it cool. Right. Yeah, that and just that. Really, yeah. birdie. Just the GPA. Thing. Birdie. Mm-hmm. The birdies. Knocking mm-hmm. it around. Mm-hmm. Here, that game's a racket. <laughs> we can cut that. We can cut that if you don't mind. <laughs> so then, you know, all these sports that you're covering and watching, like you say you love going to NBA games, and then mm-hmm. you covered the Thunder later, college football. Was there – did you always kind of think, like, I'm, baseball is what I want to focus on? Or was there – like, which sport do you like the most? Um, It wasn't necessarily that. I think kind of along the way I figured out what I like to cover. Um, Obviously, I like to cover – whatever people are interested in in that market because it it sparks the most interest obviously covering nfl in somewhere like oklahoma city isn't really going to do anything for you uh so covering the sooners and sooner football was awesome in oklahoma city covering the thunder in oklahoma city was awesome yeah um i don't which sport do you think the guys are most like and i hate to generalize but let's speak in generalizations because that's what advances our country (laughs) 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 which which athletes are the most like cool like chill like forthcoming if you I had don't it. know that's a good question um i'm not sure i, I don't know I, I would have to is each locker room sacred or is there something like there that you know like you have to respect i mean I, I think every every clubhouse every locker room has their own guys that are super cool mm-hmm. that are super easy to work with and then there's the guys who are a little rough around the edges, you know? So everyone has their go-to guys that are, you know, you know you're going to go to this guy and he's going to tell you what's going on. And And they know you right away as a journalist. Do you run into that as a a woman, though? Is that a challenge that you're dealing with professional athletes and guys? No. I've never had an issue with any athlete. That's great. No. And that's – it's unusual that any guy is really inappropriate. Good. So I think they all know that, okay, you can't say those kinds of things to somebody like that. And it's really not appropriate anyway. I mean, were there women broadcasters that you looked up to coming up that you were, that may have said to you, Hey, it hasn't always been this way. Or, you know, we've, we've kind of knocked down some doors for you. And, um, I'm not sure that there's anyone in particular who's, who necessarily addressed that with me. Somebody that I really admired growing up because I grew up in Arizona and she was our regional 
you know, reporter, anchor, host was Jody Jackson. Sure. So she's with Fox Sports Arizona, and she's somebody I always really admired. She, you know, she has a family. She's got kids. She's got a husband, yet she still manages to do all this and be really successful and so knowledgeable in her career. Well, there's so many household names now. Exactly. Aaron Andrews. You know, ESPN has done a a great job of – bringing women in and you know, Hannah Storms, Linda Cones. I mean, exactly. really well-respected, absolutely. Exactly. And, you know, I'm sure there are uh, instances where women have not felt comfortable in a locker room or somebody did something. I mean, I, there was times when – I'll give you a specific example, and I won't say who the player was. Sure. In the Broncos locker room, I would always look down at the floor when the guys were coming out of the showers because, you know, I don't want to see anything and I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. So I would just look down at the floor until we were ready to, like, go get the interview at somebody's locker room. The one time I look up, I see I see more than I want to see, and the player saw, saw that I had seen everything, and he looked at me and gave me a, a little – nudge wink like hey oh boy like you like what you're seeing <laughs> and this is a sunday afternoon yeah <laughs> that's a lot and, I'm like, sunday afternoon. Yeah, really. and so i mean that's why i'm always like very conscientious about looking down at the sure. ground you don't want to like have any of those awkward moments yeah so and you have to respect people if i were getting out of the shower too would i want somebody staring at me no right. Is it typical that that's happening, or isn't it usually like, okay, now we're open the doors, like guys are, but there's you know 53 guys on the NFL with team, NFL so teams. Yeah. No, I mean there's there's times when you see a guy walking around naked in the background of an interview, and you're like, Ooh. oh really? Yeah, that happened this last yeah there season. was a couple, something last season where yeah. that happened yeah, yeah and it's very sometimes it's just a stuntman though it's not a real <laughs> right, right it's not a real NFL player but right. that's why you should oh that's why they're always lined up against their locker. Because yeah. then you don't run into that issue. If sure. you're if you're shooting the back of the locker room, right. you've got plenty Makes of opportunities sense. to catch somebody naked, and that's not cool for the player either. Right? That shouldn't be. And that I'm sure some guys allowed. do it just to make people slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. Like this is. Our but there are probably some are really modest about it too, and. Exactly, and I mean that's their space. You have to respect their space. That's their that's their locker room. That's right. their dressing room. So you don't necessarily need to. You should never need to shoot. The locker room. That's why you shoot against yeah. the player's locker. I never well, realized that was why. That's interesting. Well, yeah, you don't want to. I mean, it's so interesting. <laughs> no, it is. It is. I love it. But it's it's interesting. And then you find out the answer. And you're like, oh, really? It's just so there's no naked dudes in the yeah. shot. Yeah. Well, great. I mean, and but I I feel for them too because yeah. you've got all these people. You've got dozens of people coming into your space, seeing you change. Yeah. That's. Oh no. Yeah, it wouldn't be. What's the toughest interview you've ever had? Mm, like most difficult most difficult person that was just not like Russell just, Westbrook really really what was the problem was it after a bad game or he um you know he's I'm sure you've seen interviews where he's just you know he doesn't want he either doesn't want to answer the questions or um it's it's tough you know there's some guys who respond really well and who are great uh, after game, win or loss. Kevin Durant's one of them. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he wins, he loses. He understands that he is the face of that franchise, and he is going to answer the question whether he likes it or not. Um, I think Russell Westbrook is a little, you know, tends to be more reserved. Which is weird for a guy who are does everything nice he can. Are you being nice reserved? Yeah. But he also does everything he can to be as loud as possible with his clothing after the game and everything. And then mm-hmm. just sit there, you know, yeah. and put on these glasses with no lenses in them, you know, and this ridiculous <laughs> red suit. And then just sit there and just give one-word answers. It's like, seems yeah. like a lot of work but for you've, nothing. But you've seen him do yeah, that. absolutely. The one-word type of answers or just um, kind of deflect right. the questions. So... Uh, I think he's probably one of the hardest people to... Most fun person to t- talk to. Yeah, well, exactly. Who, who's the most fun? Um, hmm, that's a good question. So far, I really, and I said this before we started, is I really love Todd Frazier. He's he is, been really That's a cool. name that keeps popping Everyone's up. Everyone's talking. And I'm so excited for it. Yeah. That's he's what the team needed. He's super cool. Yeah, he's cool. He's funny. He's loose. I've he's seen stuff that they put cool. out on... Uh, Snapchat and sure. stuff on Twitter that they're yeah, he, seems like a funny dude. He seems to just go with the flow. He's not he's not shy. I just there's something about him that you're like when you meet him, you're like, God, I love this guy. You know, and you just immediately start like you've got a Fraser crush. Yeah. Like you're like, Oh God, this guy's so Did you feel so that awesome. at all today at all? 
coming in. <laughs> Meaning the... you guys? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. I figured Thanks, it was much. I mean, God, yeah. that was so nice. That was unsolicited. It was really nice. <laughs> I to lead you to that at all. No, I think Frazier is the kind of guy, though, um, he's really easy to talk to, very, very laid back. I would say fans are going to really love him. Media is going to love him. And hopefully they have a great season and he can continue to be like that chipper. You saw him down dude. in spring training? Mm-hmm. How was that being down there with all the guys? It was great because it was my first opportunity to meet the other guys other than Abreu and other than Frazier. So I think I was the first person when Frazier got here to do like a sit-down TV interview. So oh, wow. it was cool. And, you know, Frazier obviously remembers who I am because I wasn't like the ninth person to do it. Oh, sure. right, right. So, but I got to meet the other guys. I got to uh, meet Lori. I got to meet uh, Eaton. Uh, which I hadn't met any of those guys before, so that was cool. Um, and the the dynamic, I think the other player that people are really going to love is Deanna Navarro. Yes. Well, we were talking about earlier. Danks. Yeah, yeah, we already love what he uh, – helping John Danks out. Yep. Like, big big difference. And just, just his demeanor as well is, again, a guy who's really funny, really, like, laid back, the kind of guy you want to be around. Yeah. Well, I think that's the big difference, and we've talked about this probably on every episode, is like a team that has great chemistry is just – that's that's going to make a difference, I think. In, exactly. Uh, in wins and losses. So Can I agree more? It'll be uh, exciting to see if that's going to translate because, you know, you weren't here last year. No. And that's kind of cool, too. You're coming in like this is your team. This is your first Sox team. Right. And you're going to see it through different kind of – lens you're gonna see it the same way Todd Frazier sees it exactly and I think that's kind of cool too is there's a lot of new players so it's like hey we're all new you know and they kind of they don't have any uh they don't have the same type of maybe bad taste in their mouth as the guys do that carried on from last season also I don't know Deanna Navarro has like a zoo I don't know if you know about this he has a chinchilla he has a dog he has a cat. He has, um, I think, a couple, a lizard, and he's got a micro pig. A micro pig <laughs> that he bought his wife yeah. for Valentine's Day. His wife oh, wanted that's a micro. A micro <laughs> oh no, no, no! His wife wanted a micro pig for Valentine's Day. They did all the research. They found like this breeder who really? specializes in micro pigs. See, and they, I'm dumb. I bought my wife a regular size oh. one. <laughs> <laughs> a macro pig. <laughs> the, the largest one you can buy. She was like, what, is, what are you doing? Yeah. I didn't so want the Mac. She, <laughs> the mic. They named the pig Sassy. Oh, no kidding. So he's got a micro pig named Sassy. That's incredible. Oh, my goodness. So who he's, tends to these when he's on the road? His wife. His wife and his kids. And his wife apparently like went to chef school. So he's like... Learn how to make bacon. (laughs) (laughs) This bacon is sassy. But (laughs) that's terrible. But his wife, like, she cooks really well, and he's like, "I'm like, so what's your favorite dish?" And he's like, "Oh, I like everything that she makes." And he's like, "Look at me, can't you tell?" Oh yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, Navarro seems like a great guy. We got to have him. I want to have him on this on this podcast just to, to talk about this menagerie he has. To talk about Sassy. And Sassy. <laughs> and Sassy has like a specific diet that she follows too because micro pigs, you can't just feed micro pigs anything. No. And he'll tell you all about, he tells, he'll tell you all about. How big does pigs. a micro pig get? I don't know. I think like 20 pounds maybe. No they're kidding. really, they're really petite. How did he, petite? <laughs> That's a petite pig. How did he give it to her? Did he put it in I, a. I didn't ask that, but he. It's a pig in the box. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he. He basically did all this research. They found a breeder um, and micro pigs, you know, they they're very intelligent animals. He told me that they have the intelligence of about a three year old child. Oh, okay, That's good to know. I have a three year old at home. (laughs) They they can. um, (laughs) That's ridiculous. They're potty trained. Are they really? They're very. He told me they're very hygienic. My three-year-old's not potty trained. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's a four-year-old. So he said they they even can they'll learn tricks. They can. They're highly intelligent animals, and the only time they really get dirty is when they eat. Are they legal? And you can just have a micro pig in where's in Chicago or? Uh, yeah, I believe so. You can have a micro pig. I mean, they're they're pretty popular. I mean, check it out on Instagram. 
There's so many micro pigs on. I'm so on, fascinated by this. There's people so, have micro pigs. Yeah, and they're like. Do they make soup- sounds? Like if you if you can you command it to speak and then you start oinking and. No, I don't know about that. I mean, but go check out an inst- a couple Instagram accounts of some famous micro pigs. You'll be really Im- You'll be really impressed. Are they more popular like in the Latin community than? No, this is this is this, this is trans- mainstream. This is everybody's doing. This transcends races. <laughs> all right, all right. Don't get mad. That's just a legitimate <laughs> question. No, I, I no. The, so the micro pig's a cool thing. You ask Dion or Navarro about his micro pig whenever you have so a chance. So that micro to have pig on- now is the focus. Like he probably doesn't care much about the lizard and the dog and the cat. Like, no, you, are they all getting along? Like the dog and the cat. Are like, oh hey, what's up? See, yeah. these are questions you got to ask him. I don't know. We this is this micro pig. Was you broke new. the story. I, I did break the story, so but we got to get him in as a guest. Can, the, you, can you help us do that? Are you, you have a good relationship with him? I mean, I think he would do it. Yeah. I mean, just ask. We'll get him in here. You can sit in. We'll bring Sassy in. I think Sassy would be the better guest. You think Sassy could sit for? Is it like a lap animal? I uh, yeah. I mean, this is this is a highly intelligent right, micro let's pig. Not go crazy with the highly intelligent. <laughs> smarter than the cats are smart, right? They're smarter than dogs. Navarro dogs are very smart. S- Navarro says they're smarter than dogs. Really? Where they have a spelling bee at the house? <laughs> that I don't know. That I don't know. But he, um, he, like I said, he's got like a zoo at his house. He's uh, a very animal animals? friendly. Yes, I've got two dogs. Two dogs. What are their names? Inky and Neil Diamond. <laughs> you spent a lot of time on the Latin. <laughs> no, Inky. You get four letters, and then you. <laughs> they're you're Neil dogs. Diamond. They're rescue dogs. They so I used to foster rescue dogs when I was in Los Angeles. And so that's how I ended up with my two dogs. But I, I fostered the first one, Inky, fell in love with her. Of course, I ended up adopting her. And you have both of them. Your husband doesn't have one. You got well, Neil Diamond's technically his dog. Neil Diamond is? What He's kind of a, dog is that? Is that a bulldog? No, it's a small chihuahua. A small chihuahua. Oh, my gosh. This stuntman seemed so tough a minute ago. Well, now and he's walking around with a chihuahua named Neil Diamond. <laughs> and that's what I said. I said, he really wanted a pit bull. And oh, no, I said, really? listen, he, you have a choice. You either get this pit bull or you get this little chihuahua, Neil Diamond. And he goes, <laughs> it's not a chihuahua. I'm like, it's a chihuahua. <laughs> it is a chihuahua. And he's like, okay, I want the little chihuahua. So he chose between the pit bull and the chihuahua. Really? But the thing is, too, we rent. So having the a dogs? pit bull... I'm kidding. You own the, you own the <laughs> So we rent. Your lease is up. You want another twelve months of Neil Diamond, <laughs> or do you want your security deposit back? The thing is that it's hard to rent a place with a pit bull. Yeah, I'm sure it is, especially in Los Angeles. You I never, always want to get a bulldog. I love. I just love looking at those dogs. But bulldogs are really cute. Issues. They're hard to. Uh, they have breathing issues and eye issues and. I mean, Abreu has a bulldog, correct? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yes. What's he's got it. A limbo. Limbo. limbo? Abreu has a bulldog named Limbo. And unfortunately, Limbo can't really travel because he does have breathing issues. Oh, so, no. you know, he's not really portable. Right. He's not portable. So Limbo lives in Miami, I believe. He's just he's just hanging there in Limbo. <laughs> I would love to get one of those dogs, but I just heard there are a lot of, a lot of maintenance. I, I don't know about... I. I only know about like small rescue dogs. I don't know. Ask Abreu about Limbo. Going retrievers. Yeah, those are are easy dogs. Great family dogs. dogs. Yeah, that's what you need to get. You need to get a dog. I'm thinking about doing that. All right, Sierra, you are the best. We are looking forward to uh, you staying in Chicago a long time. We, We want you to. I look forward to it. Want you around this ball club? Um, Are you gonna? Are you working on any? I don't know if you can even reveal. Are you working on any special stories for the season? Do you have any thoughts? Any? I got some stuff cooking up. Do you? Mm-hmm. You want to give us a little? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, it's going to take a little convincing on someone's behalf, but I think we should be able to get something done. Um, we're going to have some good features this, uh, obviously, this season, and uh, we actually have a, you know, a special that's running with some of the features from spring training as well. So you kind of get to know the guys a little bit better. I know that uh, Ryan McGuffey, the superstar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He went on a ride with Adam Eaton in his Corvette, so there's oh, all really? kinds. Of, and you can obviously see all that stuff online as well. And uh, get yeah, to and check out better. the documentary you did, going to Cuba with Jose Abreu and all the uh, the MLB superstars. You got to check that out. Uh, you got to follow Sierra on Twitter. You want to give it at at Sierra Santos. Sierra yeah. Santos. So basically, S I E R A, not like the yes. singer or the soda or the mountains, uh, just one R. You are Santos. my favorite Sierra, by the way. 
Thanks. Sierra. I'm my favorite Sierra, Sierra too. Nevada and Sierra Leone and Sierra, Sierra McLaughlin. Sierra, <laughs> <laughs> Sierra, like Russell Wilson, Sierra, just different, different spelling. Yes. Ruben Sierra. And less athletic. That was the last name of a former White Sox. Um, but and, and at Twitter, at Sierra Santos. And uh, do you have a website too? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm always, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm easy You're to all find. over the place. Yeah. You're a former beauty pageant winner, right? <laughs> winner let's not go that far participant participant yes. what was the I, I want the w- award i won was best interview best interview what was, was so it, they're what, like what, wait what was the pageant first miss arizona usa miss arizona so they're like you're not the hottest but you're the funniest <laughs> what was you're the, the smartest they um they i mean they were basic questions but you wouldn't believe how these girls struggle through basic questions i mean just yeah being, we would Yes, we would. We've seen the the stuff that's gone viral in a lot of these pageants. It's it's basically an interview with uh, like a panel of judges and they ask you questions about your aspirations, what you would do if you know you were Miss Arizona USA. And so obviously I didn't win. I didn't even place like top 10. But you were in. I did win the pageant and you won best interview. Best interview. And that was foreshadowing. So all the great things that have happened in such a short amount of time. You went from Colorado Springs, Oklahoma City, L.A. Now you're here in Chicago, and we're lucky to have you. It's true. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm happy to be here. I love Chicago, and I'm excited for the summertime. Yes, you're going to love Chicago even more. It's definitely a summer city. Winters are to build character and for <laughs> us to just kind of gather ourselves. <laughs> and gain weight. And gain weight and make families. <laughs> that's what we do we mate in the in the uh in the winter but thank you for joining us and thank we're gonna you have you again me. this this year and i'm sure we'll be seeing around the ballpark but everyone check out sierra santos on twitter thank you thank you so much for having me of course how fun was that sierra santos she is too funny and uh very sweet and the first woman guest on the cycle. So that is a groundbreaking moment. She's going to put that in her baby book. She's going to answer to a trivia question now. And isn't that our goal in life? Be an answer to a trivia question? Let me ask you this. Who is the first woman to appear on the cycle? Sierra Santos. Anyway, that was a lot of fun. And um, we're excited uh, about that episode. And we're looking forward to having her back. She's got some more stories in her. And she's going to be around these guys a lot. So we'll be checking in with her throughout the season. All right. We are going to wrap it up here. I'm going to remind you to get to the ballpark. You guys, I was just out there because we're recording these at US Cellular Field today. And I was just out there and I saw the new scoreboard. The It's insane. The screens, three new, giant, massive, enormous, whatever you want to say. These things are uh, really blowing me away. It's going to be a lot of fun. You got to check them out. Get to the ballpark. It's they're the uh, I believe they're the second or third largest in all of Major League Baseball, so the Sox are not cutting any corners with this new scoreboard. It's going to blow you away, truly. So we'll see you at the ballpark. Get to WhiteSox.com. Review the podcast. You know, tell your friends too about this, would you? Let's get some more listeners. We're gonna have a lot of fun this year. Again, my name is Pat McGann, and this is and was and will always be the cycle. Get it.